I am live at the Red House with the one and only Mason Vi. Howdy! <laughs> are we facing right here or are we just facing each other? Does it matter? You can, whatever you like, man. Whoever's watching this. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> it's cool to be back here. Yeah. Know? Again, it's uh, an old, like I was just telling you, I just got back from Costa Rica and, uh, you know, fun in the sun for a little bit. And uh, I'm flew out from like Raleigh area uh, and my girlfriend lives in Raleigh right now so I was staying with her for a few days and now I'm going to visit my mom before I go drive back to Nashville for mm. we're doing some recording stuff for this like uh, forest fire benefit related you know it's something with Red Rocks I, I think or the guy who runs Red Rocks that he's putting together I saw um, that yeah. and um, there's there's basically we're going to do like two songs and record them before this event happen. anyway i'm not exactly sure all the details about it. basically i gotta be back there on tuesday to do this recording thing for that but yeah yeah well um man uh, again thank you for making time to do this uh for those who who don't know this is a little interesting bit of history about this is uh back when this channel was the red house songwriter sessions you were the last one that we taped okay and, the, and then That's our what you're saying, yeah. Then our whole system got all screwed up, and yeah, I lost. Now here, here I'm back, and he's finally back. And it's been like I think I saw a, a one of those Facebook memory things today that yeah. apparently it was like eight years ago eight that I started years. that channel. Shoot. So anyway, now you're back, and we are we're like we're making up for lost time. There we are. <laughs> so you uh you you had a different. You had a different year than most people have. Yes, it's been a, a good year. It's been a come up, you it, know. It has been. Zero to 100. Yeah. Uh, where did that, you had, you had an, you've had an interesting story. Of course, your whole life has been musical and interesting, but uh, may, let's just start with last year, or the last year of your life. Like, where did the story of the last year start? Yes. Okay. I think the easiest way to, you know, start that all out is, um, all right, move to Nashville. Well, let's, let's start maybe two years ago. Is okay. that okay? Yeah. And then I'll kind of breeze through a lot of it because it wasn't as, some of it wasn't as interesting, <laughs> but, um, two years ago, moved to Nashville and chased a country dream that was not really, um, thought out or planned at all mm. basically i got out of college and i had been looking for a job for months um and then could never find a job got all these interviews didn't get hired and i was playing gigs this whole time and i was like well why am i um well this i now we're i guess talking about three years ago so couldn't anyway i was like you know i've been playing music my whole life why am i not just chasing that down like if i put five years whatever amount of time into it think about where i would be compared to if i put five into years into a job you know and like just understanding that kind of mindset about it the long-term mindset uh and you know mostly i just wanted to play music for a living and i'm so happy to be able to do that now but anyway back to then so i won uh, no sorry we didn't win we got second place at the uh on the rise floyd fest competition Mm. my band did and that was kind of a oh you know maybe maybe i should really keep that was another one of those things like they've happened all throughout my life we were talking about you know the shuffle back in the day that was one of those things oh maybe i should keep chasing this you know it just a bunch of those 
uh, little pieces of something that's like, ah, you can keep going, you know, this, it's worth it, you know, um, proven that you're worth Mm -hmm. being able to make music for a living basically. And so chased that for a little while, um, moved to Nashville, think, you know, on a whim basically just because I had a friend who had an extra room and then it just didn't really work out because COVID hit and moved back home and was I basically got a job teaching at a military academy there for a little bit over here really? in Oak Ridge. I didn't know. Do you know that. what I'm talking about? No. It is funny too because like I thought it was a middle school the whole time. But it was actually a high school. And I was just, you know, that on my last day I was actually teaching Spanish as a substitute teacher, but I don't really teach Spanish. I, I mean I I don't speak Spanish at all. But I was just trying to like fake Spanish. You know, to the, <laughs> it was, was kind of hard, but they did say if like any of them acted up, I could tell them to drop down and give me 10 push ups right then. Wow. But I never did that. Just, but like, um, but apparently, like, I thought they were sixth graders, but they were really like high school seniors the whole time. They just looked so, anyway. But, um, so I was doing that, and then I got this Instagram message about, hey, would you, you ever thought about being on American Idol? And I was like, this is a robot, mm. you know? And I was like, but I wrote it back. Cause I was like, Might as well. I don't know. This is kind of nice. Even if, if it's a flattering robot, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll write you back, you know, <laughs> nicer than most people. But, um, and it turned out being real, you know, it was a talent scout for American Idol who had just found, I guess my Instagram through like a hashtag or mm. something, just this picture of me and a cowboy hat with a guitar. Hmm. and was like this boy looks like he might be able to sing and then looked at some videos and apparently this talent scout was like okay hey we can actually expedite the whole cattle call process and we can get you straight to the executive producers so i did a zoom call it took like two hours this whole process of me auditioning in front of the executive producers i didn't even think about it you know Mm. i had like a friend over there hanging out we had plans to do something after i'm like uh let me do this i mean i'm not even thinking twice about it but then it turned out they were like hey yeah actually you got through and next thing i know they're like we're gonna fly you out to california to go audition in front of the judges and i was like okay here we go and it that was a wild experience because it was like a week and a half of taping and so many COVID precautions out there at that time. It was it was kind of uh, it was intense for mm. for uh, you know you had to stay in your room. I was hoping it was going to be more like oh let's go hang out with all the other contestants, but it wasn't really a lot of that. It was a lot of isolation and thinking about what was about to happen and waiting in line to go do um, these uh, picture photo shoots and different little interviews here and there and everywhere and they'd make you do all these psychological tests and stuff it's it really it's kind of interesting but then i had this whole bit where i was going to teach um katie perry and lionel richie and uh luke bryan and ryan seacrest how to play the kazoo hmm. and and then so i got there and i taught them how to play the kazoo it's funny you know but like and then next thing i know katie perry and lionel richie are like hand boning and having this hand bone off and like this whole side conversation while we were supposed to be having like my audition and um 
<laughs> I wish I could get this video of this, but I never could. But uh, I, I was so, like, scared and nervous about it. I almost didn't make it through. But then they were like, all right, you know, we're going to get you through. We, You know, we like what you're doing. And I was like, oh, thank the Lord. Um, so I made it. But I almost, like, passed out because, like, I didn't eat and, like, I, you know, didn't drink enough water, all that stuff. I had so much anxiety through the whole thing. Mm. Went on to Hollywood Week at, eventually after that, and then made it all the skip a little bit ahead. Made it all the way to the top forty, and but I met so many cool people along the way. Like all the people that were in like the top ten, I knew them personally mm. from the experience. Like Chase, who won. I don't know if you followed it at all. I, a lot, I yeah, I know a lot it, of people didn't, okay. but uh, Chase Beckham, who won, and I were like hanging out, eating lunch before either of us got the golden ticket. Mm. You know, and. uh but a little bit about American Idol, like, it taught me a lot about, you know, what it takes to be a performer. And, like, that it, you know, it's going to be hard if you're, if I was to be the next American Idol and if I was going to, like, go on and be Mason Vi, the next American Idol, it would be difficult. Um, and I'd have to, you know, get used to that. I'm I'm so glad that I'm doing what I'm doing now because it's like a lot more suitable for me personally. But um it I had a bunch of like advice on singing as well as like I try I've actually basically had to learn to cope with some performance anxiety because you know you have 1 minute to impress Lionel Richie, Katy Perry and yeah <laughs> it's i mean these are people you know you see on tv your whole life it was i had the whole starstruck thing going it's on. a little surprising the anxiety because you've been performing you know your whole life yeah and i mean i got to hollywood week the first week you know honestly all the performances i kind of after that first one i knocked them out of the park but they i don't think they really knew what to do with me because the other people they they for one thing they kind of spilled their guts on their whole story and like had all these backstories that were painful and uh you know cinematic and all that and yeah i was not as probably open about all you know the trials and troubles i've faced in in my life as i could have been uh as well as like you know i've coming in with this kazoo bit <laughs> and then you know singing some like old 90s country but i'm really like a bluegrasser but there's the funny thing is like there's all these other bluegrassers on there Mm -hmm. on the show at the same time like um so it's like i can't do the bluegrass thing now because you know there's like five other people who like that's their backstory and i'm Mm. like oh trying to uh, you know a lot of these things raveling in my head like who am i going to be for these judges i need to be unique i need to be you know different than everybody else and i really just should have not cared about the image thing or all that stuff and just try to bend me and at the end of the day i kind of did that for the very last showstopper performance and then they were like, you know, you kind of, I did this like 90s country song and apparently that's not exactly hip anymore. Mm. You know, it's kind of played out. It's, you know, the long story I think I got from, you know, Luke Bryan. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, so God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers though, you know, or whatever. And According to 90s country. Yeah, according to 90s country. It's funny because it was a Garth Brooks song that I did. Exactly. I did Baton Rouge, which is like also a, a, um, a Newgrass Revival song. And oh, I'd been man. doing that at shows with like a fiddle. And then they were like, I went to, I had one audition with the band. I mean, one practice with the band, uh, the Showstopper band or whatever. It was actually like Katy Perry's live band. And I was like, y'all got a fiddle player? 
they were like, nah, we ain't got a fiddle player, but actually we're the backing band for like the Dixie Chicks or the Chicks. Um, and we like play the fiddle with this synth thing. And hmm. it, it just didn't sound the same. It should have been like a bluegrass band. Yeah. Anyway, the whole, I don't know. It, it basically, the whole experience was like, a little eye-opening to me that like i kind of come from the holler and am used to some hillbilly shit you know what i mean mm-hmm. and now i'm i'm over here in hollywood and it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly what i'm used to so uh but coming home and having all that experience for the audition and the prep and all the scrutiny that i put myself under the microscope over for my singing my performance and my playing and all that it overall helped because right after i got home i got a call that was unrelated to the american idol stint about auditioning for old crow Hmm. and then when i went to go do the audition i had the confidence and you know i wasn't scared like i was you know at american idol because i had just dealt with one of the scariest things ever you know and uh even though i i'm sure you probably listened to old crow back in the day you know or something you know even though everybody seems like everybody knows wagon wheel and like uh i when i was 12 and um, 14 around the age when i first you know saw you playing at the shuffle and stuff i was learning like highway halo and take them away and all these old crow songs mm-hmm. that, and um anyway yeah it was wild to get to meet them i was starstruck by them too um and then it just ended up working out with the the, the way that audition worked was like they were like come down for a weekend we'll give you a little money for the travel and uh you know, I did one day, and they were like, okay, sounds good. It Basically, it was like, it was kind of informal, but then it kind of progressed to be more formal along, you know, because it was like a weekend. And it, it started out, we just started playing some old-time music and having, you know, a good time together, kind of getting to know each other. And then it was like, well, did you learn any Old Crow material? And I was like, well, yes, of course I did, you know. And mm-hmm. then we played some of that and sang some harmony and then it moved into like, hey, we're making an album, and that's really why we're trying to hire you to, you know, be a member of the band. Let's try to do this new song that we just wrote, and maybe you can help us arrange it together. Let's work, see how you work in a, you know, collaborative setting. And that went well. And then, you know, went back and did all that again the next day. And then the next day, um, Ketch was like, hey, let's write a song together. And we went, wrote a song. He liked the song. We ended up actually recording that song, the album, but it's not making it on this run. It got cut. I don't know. It might end up um, making it to the. There's actually going to potentially. I don't. I don't know if I should say this enough. There might be another album coming out right after okay. <laughs> this one. So that's coming out. But um, <laughs> if tomorrow, if you want me to cut that out, I no, will. <laughs> I don't know if it. I don't. I don't think it. It matters. It's pretty I, far. I Nobody's about... combing with a fine tooth comb on here. So if anyone who's listening, there's a little Easter egg there. There might be something yeah. else coming. But um, yeah, and then you know, going on tour, going from uh, hometown local gigs around Winston and Stokes County, and dry. I mean, I drove a bunch of different places playing with my pops, and then you know, my little different bands through the years. But like, not on a national level yeah and getting on a bus compared to you know riding to the gig and setting up everything on my own and like being the whole business in myself and then to just join an organization is like night and day difference and it really kind of it makes you realize like how far it would have been if i hadn't just been able to you know Mm. join this entity and you know have this opportunity and get asked to be a part of it so i'm very thankful you know to be where the 
you know, I am now and have had the year that I've had today, this year, basically with like playing Red Rocks and uh, the Grand Ole Opry, the Ryman, um, several different festivals like main stages and it's just been awesome, you know. Yeah. Yeah, man. See, <laughs> like watching all that, those, some of those things you just said are, are the parts that stand up, uh, stand out uh, as somebody who's just like from the same place. It's like, it's exciting to think about what it must feel like to yeah. step into those like th- those iconic venues yeah. for the first time. And at first, man, it really was like, I think I've heard, it was actually, I think, on the last podcast or something. Maybe not the last one, but his and hers, they were on here. I'm friends with it. You know, it's so funny because before all this stuff, like Caleb um, and, uh, you know, Sarah, they both like sang some, some old Crow covers. Mm. And I was playing bass in their little band for a little bit. Mm. And um, I didn't know, you know, some of the songs that like were like the newer Old Crow stuff, like I wasn't familiar with, and they kind of like turned me on to it. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I've been listening to some Old Crow again, you know? And I was, and I, before getting called, I was actually like getting back into them, you know? Because mm. it's been a, like, I'd kind of not listened to a lot of the new stuff in a minute, and I, I, I had recently been listening to it. So it was, it was so cool because it was relevant when he had actually messaged me, yeah. you know, to to asked me to go audition it was like wow you know full circle but um no so but with caleb uh he had said something about uh can't remember it now for some reason but uh like imposter syndrome that's what sorry yeah maybe you cut all that (laughs) uh time or whatever in between but like (laughs) imposter syndrome yeah that's what it was um and there was a feeling of that for a while and there's you know there's still kind of like a slight feeling of that but then the guys in the band and like the crew, they're like, you know, you gotta give yourself some, some credit, man. You were out there hustling for a long ass time, and mm. it, you know, it's the truth though. Like I went on American Isle, I did a lot of different gigs for free around here. You know, played at different festivals and try, you know, got my feet in, and like, you know, I went to school and got a minor in Appalachian music, and you know, I took f- lessons from Rex and Ralph for the McGee's. If anybody's, you know. Yeah. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> yeah. around here. And, like, for a long time growing up, and, you know, I put the time into it, basically. So it was, like, coming to terms recently that, you know, I'm where I probably need to be, and, you know, people are thinking it's a good fit, and I'm I'm happy I'm here. You know, I just want to bring as much as I can, though, and continue to do that. So I'm, you know, I'm spending my days trying to learn the banjo and the fiddle right yeah. now, like I was telling you, and, and uh, try to get – never trying to – slip up and trying to keep up my chops basically on the instruments that I do play and singing and songwriting and overall musicality. Yeah. Yeah. Of those iconic first time, you know, those iconic venues that you've got to step into now for the first time, was there, is one of those really stand with you the most or like stick with you the most? Well, the one that everyone um, basically kind of talked up the most was Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. You know, that was ever since going, I, I saw a show there back in, I want to say 2017, I think, and, or maybe it's 2018, but it was Tedeschi Trucks Band and like uh, Drive-By Truckers and Marcus King, killer show there. I mean, um, yeah, Derek Trucks on that electric, you know, the steel guitar, you know, it's amazing, you know, he just took it like a 10-minute solo and blow your mind, but um Anyway, but after seeing that and being like, wow, what a venue. Mm -hmm. And then thinking I would never play that 
you know, never even considering, pondering the idea of me playing that stage, but thinking, wow, what a what a thought to just be here to witness this. Yeah. And then to to be like, oh, I'm about to play here. You know, that <laughs> yeah. was amazing. And then the Grand Ole Opry was the same way. But the Grand Ole Opry, it's, it's a little different because you only go out and and play uh, for like two or three songs. And you're a part of a program, which is pretty cool too, to be like, oh, we're, you know, there's Bobby Osborne playing Rocky Top, and now we're about to go out there. And then there's John Connolly singing Rose Colored Glasses right after. I mean, it was like, whoa. <laughs> it's pretty, a lot of country music history there and at the Ryman too. And I mean, then there's been other like specific venues as well that have just been a lot of fun too. Like, uh, well, for instance, got to plug Floyd Fest, mm. you know, because they were a big supporter of me uh, through the years. I played there a bunch and never thought, you know, I'd get to play the main stage, like headliner spot there ever. Yeah. You know, what a, what a cool thing, yeah! You know, to go from being in the on the rise competition the year before, like hoping people are asking everyone and their brother to vote for me, being like, "Oh, <laughs> you know, come on, vote for me, please." I hope that uh, I hope I can just play there again next year, and then to come back with Old Crow and like playing on the main stage at like the headliner slot is like it. It really is. It's you know, it's one of those some of those experiences. Like I was telling my buddy, you know, like playing we had never played wagon wheel together mm. as a band until my first gig with them. They were like, you know it, right? But you know, we never <laughs> talked about it. You know, we never talked about it. And then like, we get up there, um, and we, we never practiced it. And we get up there and they're like, you going to kick it off. Right. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and it's like, all right, here we go. And the, the cool thing is about like when we play wagon wheel, everybody knows by the second chord. Yeah. <laughs> That it's that song, just boom, dun, 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 boom, dun, you know, like everybody knows by then. But, um, and so I kicked it off and it, you know, went good. It was just like, and it was kind of this out of this body experience, almost seeing everyone at the Grand Ole Opry stand up and sing along to this song. And I'm like, I'm playing Wagon Wheel with Old Crow. <laughs> and like, I'm in this band and I'm about to jump on this ride. And, yeah. go, you know, it's going to be a roller coaster, but here we go. Yeah. And, well, yeah. Anyway, Sorry. So that kind of, that's, you know. Yeah, I don't mean to break up your flow, man, yeah. but well, I wanted to pick up the story where we had left off, I guess. Like so that all happened and then you also um like I it felt like a lot of stuff for you as an artist started to click right around that same time. Like I saw that you uh you said I'm releasing an album with a label and I like I'm working with a booking agent and stuff like yeah. that. It looked like you were um uh, kind of, you were you were organizing some of your other interests as well. Yeah, that time, and that's like the booking agency. I was on Midwood Entertainment, and that kind of uh, dismembered. I don't. Maybe that's not the right. <laughs> dismantled something like I don't know. It, it fell apart basically, um, and yeah, <laughs> it's not a thing anymore. But like, oh, Brian, I got you. Brian Swank was my booking agent. Uh, he plays in Big Daddy Love. And a great guy. Shout out to Brian. If you're listening to this, you know, you rock. But um, he's doing his own thing now. And I think he's booking some people. But it just was this thing where I was going to book some gigs on, you know, the off chance whenever I could. But I booked like a two-week run. Had a bunch of gigs. I was so excited. Had a killer band. Um, but then some old crow shows popped up last minute. And then I realized, you know, I can't be probably booking stuff because 
I had to cancel yeah. some dates, and I didn't. I just don't want to be that guy, and I want to be known as like a, you know, a reputable performer, and not the guy who cancels all the time. You know, so I've just not been trying to book anything, just because I don't want to ever have to cancel. You know, but I'm, you know, I'm able to do stuff like this, and I'm releasing uh, my own music, which is cool right yeah. now. Like I, we were talking about. Um, Got this new album coming out. Trying to figure out the name right now. Playing around with this title, Mobility. Because mm. a lot of the songs are about like that. I wrote all this when I was traveling, you know, left and right, trying to play this gig here and this little tiny festival over here. And like just like basically um, running up the gas tank, mm-hmm. you know. And... I just, I don't know, a lot of the songs are about traveling somewhere or going to this place, so it seemed like a common theme, but yeah, could be something else. It's kind of also a little, maybe it's a little stagnant. I don't know, mobility. It's an idea, but... Um, I like it. It's a it's a working title, but it's going to be on Mountain Fever Records, and I got um, two singles out right now from it. Uh, actually, three, but the other one is kind of before this original recording session, but we're going to add it on. Uh, the song that I did as a collaboration with my friend Sierra Farrell, who um, he's blowing up right now too. You know, shout out to her. Check out her music. You ever heard of her before? Or? I, th- I, if it's who I'm thinking of, is she, okay. Maybe you can just tell me if it is or not. Uh, is she signed right now? On Rounder. On Rounder. Um, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. But she was on like the Gems on VHS thing, or she was kind of YouTube famous. For a little bit, like looked like a train hopper kind of mm. vibe. So she might have got by me, but I've been a little out yeah, of the anyway, game. Yeah, check. If I'll you, check it out. Anyway, so did this song with her, and yeah, it, it basically that was kind of the start of like this. What I'm hoping, you know, calling I guess my new sound. I feel like I've got all this old music online. I'm trying to figure out what to, you know, how to handle that specifically because I don't feel like it exactly represents me anymore. Like there's videos of me like. You know, whatever, twelve years old at the the Winston Salem Shuffle still probably out there somewhere. And yeah. I'm just I, I'm trying to figure out how to handle that as an artist standpoint, mm. thinking like, is that a good idea to keep it out there? I think it's part of the story, definitely. Yeah. But then there's another part of me that's like, Well, if you throw my song on whatever streaming platform or, you know, social media thing, if you put my sorry, if you put my name out there and something else pops up first that instead of the new stuff, then it's like, uh, it's a bummer, right? It's mm-hmm. getting diluted. The good new stuff that you want people here. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? You ever deal with that? I, yeah. I was like, as you were talking about that, I was thinking of it like, I don't, I like some people are very, very cautious about the way that their whole image and the way that their whole name yeah. and stuff is perceived in that world. And some people totally aren't and it just depends. But um, it However sounds like you want you're taking it, right? Yeah, I think so. It sounds like you're ta- thinking of it from like a strategic standpoint of whether or not it competes with, I guess, where you've really like, because because it is kind of weird now that we have, unlike any, unlike most other generations, we have evidence of us as like dumber versions of ourselves. Yes. Than when we really like literally like becoming... recordings of me t- over ten years ago that are competing with you know. Yeah. And it's funny too. Like I was I was talking uh, to another buddy about this. Uh, I've, we've been on tour with with Molly Tuttle, and I've gotten to get to. I don't know if you know who she is, but she's an mm-hmm. amazing flat picking guitarist and singer, and just a wonderful bluegrass artist, and one of the nicest people you ever meet. And she's been on tour with us, and I look at old videos like of her uh, when she was like in her family band, mm. um, 
and like she's like just as amazing in my opinion oh, as you know <laughs> so it's like but i see me when i was you know the age difference between you know and i'm like I was a lot worse than I am now. Uh, so, <laughs> but it's you know there were some I don't know. You've, maybe, the, you've had like different phases, like because I've known you for a pretty long time. Yeah, I've, yeah. We've like crossed paths in our hometown. A yeah. Lot. And you've had like yeah you've it seems like I've watched you uh, kind of experiment with different genres. sort of things. Yeah. Not, genres, instruments, uh, looks, yeah, uh, vibes, just all that, all that. It, what has it been? What made you so what made you so exploratory through all those years? You know, I just always kind of thought of myself as like a social chameleon and uh I I love you know, I love diversity and uh variety and just love a little bit of everything. Variety is the spice of life. It's like I get into this thing and then I'm next thing I'm into this thing. I love so many different styles of music and uh so many different types of people um personality wise senses of humor all that kind of stuff and different upbringings you know what i just like everybody for the most part so that kind of is leads you know yeah to that but i think you know i i don't know i'm sure i probably have this syndrome of greener grass you know on the other sides or whatever Mm. you know thinking always thinking there's something better over here and that was that's kind of been that like Oh, I start doing this thing and like, oh, maybe I'll hey, those guys are sounding really funky. Maybe I'll start a funk band. Hey, oh, you know, <laughs> dang, that's a bluegrass band. They sound pretty good. Maybe I'll start well, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> oh, I just do it all. It's really kind of hard to do everything, you know. But it in some ways it's made me well rounded as a musician and helped me at the job I'm doing now, which, you know, Old Crow is kind of like a very multi genre um variety show. Mm. You know, so it's really helped in that sense, you know, being able to play a bunch of different styles of music. But, um, anyway, yeah, kind of rambling at this point, but, um, (laughs) you got a lot to say, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, started out like at going, you know, going to the shuffle and listening to people like you are a huge inspiration, seriously, you know, like and your, your music. And then as well as like other people in Winston and whatever that scene was yeah. at the time that I was trying to get into. And I was hanging out with these Hari Krishnas and, you know, <laughs> got into that whole thing. And yeah. it was like, uh, basically just was playing kind of like a folky hippie kind of music there for a little bit. Then I started taking some lessons and, learning fiddle tunes and that kind of led me to get into bluegrass but at the same time i didn't want to be like a striking mirror image of my father who was a professional bluegrass musician you know in his day and um so i went on on this funk thing because i was like oh i take whatever this funky folk whatever thing i was doing and just like electrify it because i started going to the funk jam Mm. in winston at hump day funk day i don't know if they're still doing that but that was awesome at ziggy's back in i just saw their open another Ziggy's yeah. again the third installation or whatever <laughs> awesome but um anyway started doing the funk thing and then it was like i moved to college and you can't really practice with a funk band in your dorm room uh. and i joined the bluegrass band there in Asheville at the school i was at and um you know there was a huge bluegrass scene in Asheville, and started doing that taking bass and guitar lessons doing that a lot and then just kind of went you know i was on this bluegrass kick for so long um 
and kind of am still on that. But Old Crow now and being in this band, it's something bigger than bluegrass at this mm. point. It's like Americana, which I'm a lot of people talking about these genres. I'm sure it can be confusing, but Americana is more like rock and roll, basically, with like the band is kind of rock and roll with the influence of old time and, you know, acoustic and folk bluegrass music. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like in the future, I'd love, you know, for my solo music to be something closer to what Old Crow is now, you know. Interesting. Yeah. I remember, like, I don't know if this is weird to say or not, but I remember a few years back rolling, reading in Rolling Stone that Catch actually, like, kind of had a distaste for the term Americana. And I remember yeah. there's been, like, a thing where it's – it's been interesting to watch different attitudes throughout music, and a lot of people on the outside of Nashville country seem to like be looking at the word country and reminding people, like, you keep calling us folk or Americana or this or but that. It's, but it we're, is country. We're country. No, I agree completely, and it, it kind of... And I only say that, be, only say Americana because... Which, I, you know me, and I like the word Americana. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. But, you know, it's like... It, because country has become something else. It's because the, the modern you know, pop country that you hear on like Luke Bryan or like, yeah, <laughs> or Florida Georgia line, or I don't, I mean, I don't even Cole Swindle or whoever. I'm just trying to name all, I don't listen to the music, you know, but uh, it's not country anymore. It's like pop music that has a Southern accent. Yeah. That, yeah, exactly. You know, it's what yeah. it is or like Southern rock, whatever. I don't know. It's not, it's not country anymore. It's not Willie. Yeah. It's not Waylon. It's weird because, like, in the 90s, uh, it wasn't like it was – I mean, I'm sure that was still, like, uh, like acts like – whatever. I listen, I grew up listening to, like, Brooks and Dunn, Diamond Rio, including Garth Brooks or Alan yeah. Jackson or yeah. people like that. All this, like, mainstream 90s country. Oh, and yeah. I love all that. Those guys played in arenas and big places, not, like, football stadiums yeah. like Garth Brooks is now. But they played in big rooms, you know, and – I don't understand it. It feels like all that stuff that's come out of Nashville for the past decade and a half has been like trying to 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 make sure like trying to design country music that will like live only in sold out arenas or yeah. something. And it's sort of like, well, why but, is that the yeah. only thing that can fill up an arena when Garth Brooks is like massive and I, I All these agree. Other iconic I agree, and I are. think that t- things are starting to easily change, you know, slowly because there there's more and more acts out there that are not, you know, kind of going along with the path that the mainstream is, and not uh, basically, you know, going in anyway. So, so like doing their own path, basically. You yeah. Know what I mean, and uh, not conforming. That's the word I'm looking for to. Mm. Uh, the man, or whatever. <laughs> the country they got, man. They got the stick it to the man. He goes this, <laughs> but um, yeah. So like, the, I, an example is you know Old Crow or uh, Billy Strings or yeah. Sturgill or whoever. Yeah. These these people that we're calling Americana, but in all honesty, are kind of our country. You know, I think of Old Crow really as like a all around country band. Mm. You know, like with from the very roots of country music to. You know, not exactly what is mainstream now, but like to more like outlaw country, I guess there's tastes of that too. And yeah. there's a little bit of everything, you know, with going on with, with Old Crow. But, um, 
that's what I like. I love a little bit of everything. That's why I'm so happy with the band. Yeah, I right love now. that, man. So you, let me ask you this. This is kind of interesting to think about. Uh, you are, I mean, you're a singer. You write songs. You're a mus- You're a you're a virtuoso musician. Oh, uh, thank you. I've... I mean, you 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 really have you've chopped some wood. It seems. <laughs> Appreciate uh, it, man. And then, and I guess. Is that? I guess that's the trifecta. And I. Oh well. Yeah, that's the trifecta. Um, you also can like jump into different sounds of music, but you've already kind of. I mean, that's that goes with being a virtuoso, I guess. But anyway, the point is of those three skills that you've kind of developed over all these years. Which one do you think is like what you fuck with the most? Like where you're most. What motivates you to make music the most of those three things? Yeah, there's. It changes. You know, it's like. Um you see different sides of it at different times. Mm. It's almost like uh, the trifecta or whatever, the different side of the triangle will show itself to you in a different <laughs> way. And you're like, ooh, now that's interesting. Oh, I don't really want to do that anymore. Now that's interesting. <laughs> but I, I think all artists, well, not all artists, but for me, I started out wanting to do this because I had this feeling of like, hey, check this out, you know, wanting people to like, look at me, kind of, you know. I'm hoping to be a star, mm. I guess. And that's what has been a driving factor at my core, if I'm going to be honest. I really appreciate that. Because, you know, I mean, like, no one ever says that. And I think that's true for most of And I think it's true for most people. Everybody, to some extent, I mean, and I, you can go on and on about how, like, everyone seems like they want to be some kind of influencer nowadays. But uh-huh. it, we all, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's that wild to say that we'd all, like, people to recognize what we're doing and that it has and to think it has worth and to like and to be accepted you know to like what we're doing and for it to be accepted basically 100 percent, man yeah and i love to create music because i was born into it like my dad was a professional musician and singer songwriter and i grew up going to fiddlers conventions music events festivals gigs all that stuff ever since i was a baby in a tent <laughs> ever you know it's some festival ground in the mud you know what i mean and so it's in my bones i really know it is like i hear it and i feel it and all that and but not to say that i haven't worked to you know put the time in to understand it and to you know master my craft in whatever way right you know but um but yeah you know it's i there's been the longing yeah. there f- for a long time so I guess yeah. So we we touched on some we we went to some extra places, but so the trifecta. Uh, I guess you're saying that like in different circumstances, it just your fancy in the same way that you were describing with your love for diversity and ver- and variety. That also influences what mood you're in as far yeah. as what's motivating like, you most. Like say I go see, say I go see you play, mm-hmm. and I'd be like. Oh my gosh, I want to write a song like that. Oh, mm. You know, like, oh, just like your tear-jerking emotional heart. Like, pull <laughs> oh, my heart out of here. Oh my God, somebody pick me up. And then, or like, I go see Bailiff. I just went and saw this killer show at the Ryman, you know. And it's funny, like, it's a little side tangent here. We had just played the Ryman for New Year's Eve, and... um then I went to a, see a show like a week after, mm. and I was like, I did this comparison in my head. I'm like, which is more fun, playing this you know historic stage or going to see like an amazing concert here? Mm-hmm. And 
it's pretty tight. I mean, it was an amazing show. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's also funny to not have to, I mean, to go, it's like you don't have the obligation or feeling of any responsibility and kind of stuff like that. And there's almost, there's a, dip, there's a, there's a different, there's a different feeling of community when you go see a show versus going to perform. And it, it really just made me kind of realize in that moment and thinking about all that, how much the audience really matters and how, you know, thankful I am that people, if you're listening to this and you've ever come out to see one of my shows, thank you so much. You know? yeah. Thank you. Or Tyler, whoever, you know, thank you for going to see live music. We need it. You know, we need supporters. We need yeah. people there who believe in it. Um, and, oh my gosh, amazing instrumental show with like Sam Bush and Brian Sutton, Billy Strings, Molly Tuttle, Sierra Hull, Stuart Duncan, Edgar Meyer, Mike, uh, what is it? Michael Cleveland, Bale Fleck, and Jerry Duck. I already said Jerry Ducks. Um, anyway, amazing band. That's a lot. I mean, it was some, some heavy hitters. It was, shoot. But then, um, you know, they just blew my mind musically. Yeah. And played some stuff that was like, made me feel certain ways, you know. And I'm like, I want to make someone feel that way with my playing. And so I see, I feel that trifecta too. Or then there's someone who, you know, like I go see, there's people like James Brown. I love James Brown. Like, and that's when I got into funk music. That was the biggest thing. Like James Brown music make, uh, it just makes me want to dance. It makes me happy. Mm. I want to make music that also gets people dancing and like puts a smile on their face. If I can do that to someone, you know, I want to make music that makes people feel. Mm-hmm. You know, different emotions, the whole spectrum. You know what I mean? And like, if you can do that, that's a that's a show. And that's what I, you know, I kind of love about the show right now. Catch is great at like piecing it all together. And I've I've really tried to learn as much as I can from him because he'll, you know, we'll, we'll play something that makes everybody laugh. We'll make do play something that makes everybody cry. You know, and then all the pieces in between. You know, so it's, it's I think that's that's what makes a great show. Um, but then there's you know, and then. Through the American Isle experience, I saw, I can't tell you how many, I was, I had to sit back while I was in the theater watching the showstopper performances, and even though there was all this anxiety, you know, kind of going through my head, like, I hope I make it through the next round and all that stuff, I had to, I sat back there for a moment, and I was like, wait a second, I'm just going to watch these performers, you know, go on and sing, because I'm like, I'm seeing some of the best talent in the world right now. Yeah. You know, during COVID, the middle of it, where, like, nobody can go see a concert. I'm here at the Dolby Theater seeing, like, one of the, you know, like, sometimes it's good to just sit back and be like, wow. Uh, take it all in. And there were some amazing singers there. And so, I, you know, I, that inspires me, too, to work on hitting all the fancy runs and be Mariah Carey or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But um, anyway, yeah, that's those are the things that inspire me. Let me ask you this. I come from a group of friends that are a lot more jaded and pessimistic and probably cynical in ways. And you have this infectious positivity and like what seems like a real genuine like connection to to fucking life sometimes. And I knew this about you before today, but yeah, it, you know, as you talk through things, it's just like your attitude shows through. And I'm just like. Is that something that you decided? Is that something that you're aware of? Is that something that Oh, you... I'm slightly aware. Just because people kind of tell me that I'm very, you know, energetic. Mm. Um, but I play, I've learned to play into that. You okay. know what I mean? And realize that 
Maybe you think it's annoying, whatever, but I think it's who I am. It's my personality, and it, it's honestly probably one of my strengths in a yeah. lot of ways. As well as, you know, I'm not always as positive, honestly, but I try to be as positive I can be, as I can just because nobody likes somebody who's complaining all the time and being a downer. <laughs> yeah. It's just lame as hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> might as well just, so some, and it doesn't, you know, it comes in waves. Like sometimes it's harder to, um, to control that and all. And I'm sure I'll, I'll, and that's all like what I've realized, you know, as I get older is like, it is anxiety is what it is. And you know, that some people are dealing with all that jaded, you know, mm, whatever yeah. that is, you know, that's like people dealing with, you know, some internal stuff, like not feeling, not feeling good in some way or the other, you know, being jealous of something or I don't, I don't know what it is, you know, just not being happy. Yeah. And so I just try to, I really recently have been trying to think about the positive outlook of life, see the sunshine and the rainbows as much as I can. And uh, just because it makes life easier yeah, and a lot more fun. I mean, I think it's it's super. Um, like I say, infectious. You remind me talking about it. Like I'm, I'm I noticed that it. You remind me in some ways of a really good friend of mine uh, who I used to work with. Who I don't know. I just think he had a similar philosophy about life in a way where it was just like yeah. that's what energized him or something. And and for especially now when COVID this whole experience as a as a community has like. It makes it's made it really easy for people to feel nothing but cynicism and criticism and like almost hate like almost hatred, you know, like hatred yeah. is like four steps down from wherever they're at. I know the world is so divided right now. It's, it's yeah. a heavy place. So it's kind of nice to hear. You well, know, man, just I gotta be well. I gotta positivity. be honest too because I feel like you're you're being very you know uh kind with uh, your you know like you're basically complimenting me on you know this journey and asking you're you're kind of interviewing me and asking me all these questions which uh what i love about this podcast and and i just like like i told you to anyone i actually did a podcast earlier <laughs> so hopefully i was not this is actually going a lot better than that other podcast so hopefully, i'm i'm glad this one's getting here i don't know about the other one i was kind of just you know, the other thing is I drank a lot of caffeine today. Oh, my gosh, I had, like, three cups of coffee. Uh, but um, but basically, uh, I don't even know where I was going with this. But, um, no, no, it's, so it's nice to be asked questions. And mm. I feel like there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people in the world who are not really having genuinely engaging conversations anymore. Yeah. And I find, you know, sadness in that. And I, that's why I, I love this whole podcast thing because, for one thing, you're interested in me, and I'm interested in you, and we're doing something that maybe somebody else might be interested in. It's all very, yeah, you know, it's, it's all, a circle of uh, good vibes. It is, that's what I hope. <laughs> that's really what I hope. Uh, not just for the music community, but for the for the local community at large. And I think, like, like, like I told you before, you're kind of a success story in a lot of ways, and I think it's worth talking about. And uh, I think it's a great thing. And, you know, like, I, I mean, f I guess with full transparency, like with any musician, when we, when any of us heard that you, you have found yourself in Nashville in this situation you're in, there's a real temptation there to be jealous and to be like, man, like that happened to somebody from my neighborhood. It could have happened to me or it could happen to me and it hasn't yeah. or whatever. But I think for me, it was just like, um, I don't know. I'm just glad that it happened. I'm glad that you're like, well, thank you, man. It's one something. of those. Well, I mean, like, especially with 
you know, you ask me all these things. It's hard for me to not be positive because I really got to, you know, you got to count your blessings. You know, I'm very thankful. I, I realize, especially like, uh, you know, how many cats that are back here. When I say cats, I mean people. But, <laughs> but um, and cats, many, and, and cats. Yeah, how many people is, that have worked there? You know, those cats, those kitty cats, have worked so hard. At their craft. They've given <laughs> no, up eight uh, of their nine lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, no, but they, um, you know, so many people have worked so hard, and then, I don't know, just something, they never got the break. Uh, and that's, you know, it's sad, you know, because there's there are so many amazing musicians out there that work really hard at it. And um, I'm just, I can't deny that there's a little bit of luck, you know, that goes into some of this but as well as i realized like with what i was talking about with the imposter syndrome and how i've learned to deal with that it's like i would not have been able to get the gig and to still be here in the gig you know and if i'm you know wasn't doing something right and i you know constantly reminding myself that it's like oh it's i'm worthy to be here and doing this but like there's so many other people that are like you know, worthy of it too. So I, I hope the best mm-hmm. for other people as well. Yeah. You know, you know um, I, I totally believe you. I hope the best for other people too and for everybody else. But, um, you know, another thing I think about you is like, I think your whole, whatever your relationship is with positivity, I think yeah. does make a big difference. Because, you know, I've met P, I don't know about you, but when you were talking about like, I don't know, having an experience at Red Rocks and being like, not thinking of it as like I'm determined to get on that stage at some point and like that's my only mission yeah. in life. When you're that focused, sometimes you can turn into a prick, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> and it's not that surprising. That's uh, funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I guess between the two of us, <laughs> I'm probably the judgmental one that would say that and whatever, but <laughs> you know, some people uh I, I all I'm saying is being a great musician is cool. Being yeah. a, a great uh, person is cool, too. And, like, sometimes when you're a pleasant person to be around, that really um, – it's just – it just the world just opens up to you better. And, like, you know, it, people like being around you, I think, is a, is a thing. Oh, well, you know? yeah. Try my best, you know. <laughs> Do what I can. I don't suppose it's your goal. I just mean I think it makes sense as a byproduct. Yeah. Yeah. Do what do what you can. So that is what I remember. Uh, you said something earlier that reminded me of when I used to see you around Stokes County. Yeah, I remember you. I remember thinking of you as like a hippie kid. Yeah, I mean, literally, I mean, literally was kind of went down the stereotypical hippie trail of like, um, you know, turned into a vegetarian, joined the Hare Krishnas. You know, can you tell me what that, that is? Um. So the heart, it's been such a while, but um, when I was about 14, like I got exposed to hanging out with like the Hare Krishnas, which are like the term Hare Krishna is like a mantra that, um, and it's what they, the people uh, who are Hare Krishnas, which is kind of like a consciousness thing is what they call it. But it's really like a sect of Hinduism that is like a monotheistic version where they, worship um krishna who is like in hinduism there's kind of like three different versions of god one's brahma the creator krishna the like is the middle one i 
and then um, Shiva is like the destroyer. Mm. And there's all these different, it's a, you know, Hinduism as a whole is like a polytheistic religion where Hare Krishna um, is like focusing on Krishna and the different incarnations of who they of Krishna, the the guy is. I'm, I'm not trying to go into like a, a whole religion class here. Actually, you know, it'd be great for those like Josh Shelton you had on here. He didn't he like study religion or something? I thought so. But, Did um, he? I didn't even know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I, I can't believe religion didn't come up in that conversation. Yeah, but, but um, anyway, yeah. But anyway, so um, or a buddy of mine. I know I have a couple friends who study that, but um, basically got into that whole thing, and and I realized it looking back why I was into it. And, uh, you know, my whole, you know, whatever relationship with religion is still complicated. I'm not exactly sure where I am or how I fall. You know, I believe in God. I know that, you know, but then like everything else is a little, I'm not exactly sure, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think I was thinking that at the time. I was hanging out with a bunch of atheists and was kind of like an atheist for a while. Uh, and then was hanging out with these Hare Krishnas all at the same time. Hmm. Then I was like, oh, this is cool. It's a lot more, because I went over there, and they had all this great food that they fed me, and they were like, bring your guitar. We're going to sing songs and dance and praise God. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is different. I could do this thing. I'm Like I said, the whole greener grass on the other side <laughs> yeah. kind of syndrome. I'm starting to realize that, you know, now it's like, oh, it's like, this is way better than Christianity. Let's just try this for a little bit. And, uh, you know, and then, like, I, I met a lot of cool people through the whole experience and, like, went on these trips. And uh, there's hard Christians, they like to have fun. You know, it's good, clean fun. They're all just dancing around and, like, singing and swaying and like I mean, they really it's like they're kind of partying but you know totally straight edge yeah um and great food i mean i tell you and really the other thing that i loved about it is instead of like getting preached to uh it was like we all sat in a circle and we were reading the bhagavad gita together and then it was like uh you might have met this guy mitra who did, you ever, he, well, did he used to come up to the um, the Stokes Stomp? Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. I, I met some. He played of them. like this Mitratar thing. Yeah, I think I did meet him. Yeah, yeah, Mitra. Great, you know, he's like a very wise dude. But um, he he would lead these um, uh, you know, little like a sermon basically. But it was you know more of a discussion, and be like, now what do you think of that? And it felt more like, wow, this is this is awesome. You know, we're all like just kind of saying how we feel, and it feels more like included or whatever this version of anyway. But then there was like all of this turmoil within the church. Like that that temple was like right across the street from this other temple, and they were like trying to anyway. I don't want to get into it too much. But then it was like, why why aren't anyway? There was a little there was some politics and drama that kind of went in there, and it was like uh, I'm about to move to college. Let me just. You know, go do this. And then also, all that same time, I joined the funk band. And then, like, Camry, the drummer who you met, he, like, took me to, like, the black church. And I felt that same kind of thing. I felt over there at, the like, the Hardy Christian thing. Because I was like, wow, everybody's dancing and, you know. Yeah. Everybody's having a good time. It's like, this Big is a killer energy. band. And everybody's really getting into it. And yeah. this, you know, this isn't just like, now turn the page to, you know, or, you know. <laughs> shit up and, and i hope i'm not offending anybody who's like um listening but basically and i think i just realized that whole experience it was like that music was like you know jimmy hendrix kind of things like music is my religion it's like you know it makes me feel something i definitely think any religion that has some kind of music in it and then through bluegrass music going on like i connected with that old-timey gospel-y kind of 
down to the river to pray kind of feeling and mm-hmm. like you know i'm not like i said i don't know exactly how i feel about you know what i classify myself or whatever and you know where i'm placing myself in that whole religious spectrum but i tell you what those you know those old gospel songs mm-hmm. man they're powerful you yeah. know whoever you know whatever your religion is what any of that stuff you can i mean a lot of people can feel that there's there's conviction in a lot of the way that these people sing it and there's something i've you know, felt in that. Maybe it's because I'm, you know, was born and raised in it. And I, it all kind of came back as like, yeah, you know, this is what I was like, my culture might as well not try to change up too much. You know, it's like the same thing with bluegrass when I've tried to do the funk thing or like whatever the heck else I was doing, just come back and be like, you know, I was raised up in Stokes County. It's okay to be country and, you know, hillbilly or whatever. It's there's, you know, you ain't got to, I don't know. Anyway, I relate. I relate to that, man. Yeah. Yeah, went off on a long tangent there, but there, you know. No, I mean it was all, like good for me to. I mean, I asked too uh, what 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 it, what, it, what it all was. All this good food you're eating, it was all vegetarian. Yeah, yeah, and I've stuck with that a little bit. I eat fish now. Um, you know, it's a pretty healthy diet being the pescatarian. You know, right now, and uh, kind of went down to the beach with my buddy Pinky, <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, man, hold my beer." Uh, no, he no, he said, uh, "Hold the rod, here I got to get a beer." That's mm. what it was. And then so there was this moment where I was like, "I want to reel this fish in." You know, it felt like a little kid on the banks of the river again. I was like, "Oh, it's all coming back." I was like, "I want to catch fish." <laughs> then it just like start eating fish, basically. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hear anyway. that. But um, anyway, yeah. I don't know where we're going with all that. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. You can go anywhere. So. uh well, where are you going next? I mean, what what do you think is what feels like it's on the horizon for you? Well, I appreciate you asking cuz I guess in a sense I'm trying to figure that out, you know? I got these albums coming out. Mm-hmm. Um it's like I got basically like three albums in the can that are not out yet. Yeah. Um and I really want people to hear them. Not all my, you know, one, only one of them being my project. Um and yeah, I want people to hear my album when it comes out. I really I want to record more music, um, which is I'm kind of coming to terms with uh, that I basically am not going to be able to release the music at the same time that like I'm writing it or at the same speed that I'm writing songs. Like I might write twenty songs, you know, by the time that I write another single is released. Sorry, um, but like so that urge of putting out stuff it's kind of, it's interesting it's you know because i'm not going to be able to ever fulfill it fully mm. do you know what i'm talking about the the way that like the music industry i guess is working right now it's like you can't you know it's like three months or something and for some people at least the label that i'm at right now they they want to wait it's been three months since i've released my last single and they're trying to wait even longer for this next one to come out i guess i don't know that because a lot of the independent artists i know have been talking about like how how now it's like it's hard to keep up with how much like if your if your business model isn't based in like what um what people who are really smart about how to sell records know <laughs> if it's more instead about like how to manipulate social media to generate attention and stuff yeah those people feel like independent artists feel like I have to be putting stuff out like once yeah, well, a that's, month I mean honestly stuff. kind of how I feel and probably maybe that could help me but um for I guess radio airplay wise um waiting 
longer is better for like serious, I guess for this bluegrass thing from, from what they've been telling me. But, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. I kind of feel the same way. Yeah. I want to get better at TikTok too, you know? Yeah. I know. I need to talk to Josh Shelton about it. Cause he seems like he's figured it out. Like, but yeah. he seems like also at the same time, I feel like he's posting like a billion videos. I don't have that much time foot to it, you know, in a little bit, but, uh, yeah. I'd rather record music, like record a song and release that than to do the TikToks, I guess. Yeah. Is what I'm, kind of getting that's the content i want to share you want to do you want to engineer your own stuff i have done that Mm -hmm. and i realized through this whole experience of joining um the band and recording with old crow that it's definitely worth it to you know pay someone else that has the right equipment yeah to do it um just because it's so much so many thoughts at least for me in my own head of like how the mix should be, all oh, it needs to be like this, all oh, that's not perfect, all that stuff. It's just needless worry when you could just be like, hey, you got an ear too. Yeah. Why don't you do it? You're not as so connected to this that it has to be this perfect. You know, I've come to terms with that because otherwise I'm way too nitpicky. And like it took me like months and months for this one little EP that I did that honestly is not very good. You know what I mean? But I, like, worked on it and worked on it. And the mix of one song is pretty good, you know. <laughs> but, like, it was a live recording. And, the, you know, anyway, I could get into the details of it. But, like, I actually, when I was in college, was, like, on the studio. Um, sorry, we had deep, deep, these different work crews. Hmm. And um, we had to work 10 to 15 hours a week there. And uh, I actually got to start a crew which was like in the library, which was called the Sound Lab. And in the basement of the library, there was a, there was a recording studio. Mm. And I got to be the first person to pioneer this Sound Lab crew. Really? And recorded so many different times. Actually, it's kind of funny because some of the people, like the rappers that I was recording, have gone on and have like, you know, 15, 30 to 30,000 followers on or like got the blue check marks and stuff. And it's like, all right, you know what I mean? Like, I just thought you were just coming here and fucking around, but like, wow, you are really doing something, you know? Like, it just makes you look back and be like, you know, whatever I was doing was actually kind of meaningful. That's pretty cool. So you like to kind of separate that, which really makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, like, and oddly, being that I have a studio here, it, like, it seems to slow down my process in a lot of yeah. ways. Because I have, I'll, I'll sit with a song for months and months and add little things to it and stuff. And I don't know. Uh, back in the old days, I used to, like, drive to some studio in Westfield and, record for three hours and come out with like eight songs you know and yeah. that was just all it was well that's cool yeah but i kind of miss that simplicity of not being on the engineering side so I, yeah i guess i kind of know what you mean but yeah well, you man. don't that way you're not like oh no we could do a better take you just gotta be like i gotta get it done yeah i gotta get it right yeah which it's nice to be able to have the flexibility to go back again but there is there's there's definitely a point of like all right that was good enough that you got to start to you got to kind of come to terms with otherwise you're going to eat yourself alive as well as like spend your whole to give you an example i've like played on a friend of mine's album played some guitar and like i was do, overdubbing this break that i was like oh, i can do a better break than i did on that one and uh was in my room recording it and this happened more than once but like like i'll record like 50 takes and then use the second one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, it's actually the second one was just, that was actually the best one. What was I thinking? You think yeah. I was going to do better? No. 
Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I know exactly what you uh, mean. Yeah. <laughs> That's so real. Uh, so, well, here's a question. Like, can, is it possible for somebody in your position to do both these things? To, like, use social media in this way where you put out songs independently? D- d- is it like you don't want to compete with yourself and with the things you release on the label? I don't I, I guess I'm kind of trying to figure out, like, how much... I want to, I'm, I'm trying to figure out my own, like, idea or, like, relationship with social media just because I'm kind of finally at this point where I, like, up until now I felt like I had to use it as this, like, platform to share my music. And it was the only way people were going to hear me or figure out about me yeah, uh, or, like, be interested in me. And now I'm just kind of, like, you know, catch when I joined the band. I, I remember asking him about, you know, can I do gigs? And then he, I remember him saying, well, I, I just want it to where you don't have to play gigs, you know, if you don't want to. You don't need to be playing, you know, just some silly, you know, if it's a good gig, you know, let us know. But, like, you, I don't want you to have to be going to play, like, little bar. And it kind of, there, it was one simple statement, but that kind of, that whole, it, but that started a whole, like, you know, avalanche of mindset, like, man, I don't have to, giving out all this you know spitting out all this content all the time i'm just you know i'm relevant now Mm. which is so cool because like i'm in this band who's doing some crazy stuff like i don't have to post nonstop just to be like hey look at me look at me i'm still cool i'm relevant because i don't have to worry about that as much anymore and i've kind of started to come to terms with that and like just trying to learn this year too like i don't have to be doing something every second like right now it's okay to like be taking some time off because i have toured this whole year you know before that it'd be like oh i need to be working on booking a gig or you know getting that next i gotta be doing something it's it's so cool to take a breath and be like you know actually i did that i got some stuff coming up with the band like that's being in the band is my job and that's really my only real responsibility i do want to, like i'm doing other artistic stuff like i'm doing this you know so i get to kind of be more selective i guess about it which is cool yeah man uh, that sounds like it would be a real blessing to be in that state of mind yes. where you're like not yeah i i feel it's that only kind of all the time dude it's only kind of starting to come to me now and it's hard because i've been on that grind trying to push my stuff to everyone since yeah. I was like 12, you know, hoping that, oh, please give me the likes, give me the, what, you know, it's just the, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, uh, I don't know. It, That's how I feel. A little bit, but it's yeah. also addictive, you know. That's what <laughs> In a I, good way, like, oh, you liked it. You thought it was great. That's awesome. It you comes shared up, my video. It comes up so much on this podcast because it's like so many people feel so differently about it. And I'm in the camp that just, it don't come naturally to me at all. And I really, I like, eh, whatever I've got my beefs. I've expressed them lots, probably too much, (laughs) but I don't, I don't love it. And so I, that feeling you just described, like I, I wish so much that I could get to a place where it felt like I had an audience enough. that It was like, I share things, people know about them. People do with them what they will, but I don't have to like think of it as I need to grow my audience kind of thing. Well, have you ever thought about doing the... You know, I had this idea today. 
You know, it's kind of funny. I was thinking because I was thinking about something. I was thinking about the Winston Salem Shuffle, and I'm like, you know, somebody should bring that back. Mm. Have you ever thought about like, you know, spearheading something like in a like a project? I wonder what Wish is doing. Where's he at now? Wish, he's he should be coming on the show fairly soon. I hope. Oh, really? He, I can. I want to hear that one. If you That's get a awesome. chance, uh, if you track him down on Facebook, he's just started a really cool uh, organization, nonprofit organization, all about uh, instrument building. Oh yeah, because I, I know you know. Actually, shout out to Wish whenever he's on the show. Hopefully, maybe he'll listen to this. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he gave you know my dad um, was uh, the victim of like a like a very vicious, sad, like brutal um, physical assault mm. by this dude. This like random like ex con who's all drugged up. Who he was at like dad was playing some house concert and this guy who had like these Nazi tattoos and stuff. I mean like picturesque like Damn. bad dude you know came from behind him um, and like basically tackled him off of a um, like a porch Jesus. and it ended up he ended up landing face first onto the back of a truck and like had to do all this like he had a concussion and had to get all these you know. Like teeth, dental work done. So he has teeth all jammed up in his head and stuff. You know, it's, it's still dealt with like issues. You know, from that still to this day. Um, but like, I threw this. I don't know what I was thinking. You know, when I was young, I was like, uh, maybe I'll be able to help the bills or something. You know, I threw this at like Honduras coffee shop. Yeah, I threw some little fundraiser and had some people who were kind of relevant at the time to do. To play there, and then, but Wish, I remember he saw that, and he donated, like, this, we called it the spaceship, or no, we called it the Millennium Falcon or something. Mm. It looked like the spaceship resonator mandolin. Yeah. And um, loved that thing. But, like, we ended up auctioning that off to help with, uh, you know, just trying to give some money for Dad's expensive. I don't know. I, that and, was, he, and he donated to it. Yeah, he donated that. And yeah. so, huge, I hadn't talked to him in you know, years, but that was really nice of him to, he just gave, you know, an instrument to mm-hmm. help that cause. I thought that was awesome. He's a great dude, man. Yeah. Uh, he's up to cool stuff. So I guess to answer your question, I, uh, me and a couple other people, we have been like fantasizing and daydreaming about what we could do to improve the, the, the music community in, in the area. Yeah. Well, and this maybe- is a probably a good start. You know, honestly, it's the other thing It's like, I was, and I don't want to bring competition or anything, but I thought about doing a podcast too, you know, because I'm like, I got some of this free time and I'm in Nashville. I'm like, I'm, I'm in the scene, like I know people, and I love trying to participate in something like this where I'm not exactly the focal point, but I get to still brand something, which I don't know if you feel the same way about doing this podcast kind of deal. Yeah. About like being, you know, being able to play the, you know, the questioner and not exactly the spotlight role yeah. completely. You know what I mean? Definitely. The, the social media embarrassment thing yeah. is not so much with a brand that's kind of Center. separate from yeah. your identity. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not asking people to approve of me. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm able to like, like, Hey, these are, these, these are, are good conversations, conversations I'm having yeah. with, you know, other people. I'm trying to ask them and put them in the spotlight. And, and I really am enthusiastic. I'm like, I really enjoy sharing oh, those. Yeah. I really love helping being showcase like, other listen to this conversation with this dude. It's great. But uh, so that embarrassment isn't there. And if you're asking me, I think you'd, uh, I would tell any, like anybody who's actually interested in doing it. Yeah. Uh, I have found this medium to be 
almost like therapeutic. In oh, a way. that's great. And like, man, I, I, I don't know. I fucking love it. Oh, um, that's great. No, it's funny. Yeah. You know, like we were talking about earlier, it's like, you know, more people should be having conversations like this. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I don't know about you, I, you know, whatever, uh, you talk about having anxieties or whatever. I've, I, I too have had my own and like, I don't know, man, it's something, there's something meditative about it. There's something really pleasant about like focusing my attention on you and, and just like, listening and being aware of the fact that i i want to have a good conversation yeah. with you so anyway if you ever if you ever bite the bullet and try it yeah i, th- I think you'll enjoy it all right yeah great great segue there go check out my podcast <laughs> whenever it comes out yeah <laughs> you got any cool names for it i don't know i was con- conversations with mason I don't know. It doesn't really run <laughs> i don't know something what's a word for like talking that starts with an m you got one? I can't even think of one. Malden. Malden is a good one. <laughs> Malden with Malden. That's kind of weird. That's your yeah. Mason from Malden. Yeah, there's almost a, it's almost suggestive. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> like, oh, I don't know about clicking on that link. <laughs> I was thinking, what about, what about Vicondios? Vicondios. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's nice. That could be good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, cool deal. Is there a how long does these do these normally go? Are we are we ended? Are we getting? That's what, I, I was just wondering. I was yeah, wondering yeah. if we wanted to take it somewhere else, and I, I think we're probably we've probably like covered a lot of good shit. Covered a lot um, of good. I definitely need a, a glass of water. Either way, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking I'm. Yeah, if the either way, if you got one, good deal. Well, and that, we could keep going. I just think of just think about getting a glass of. Water. I'm thinking about getting a glass of <laughs> bourbon. So. Uh, <laughs> I think that must be our cue, man. There we go. Well, thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. Again, I just want to thank you for coming over. Yeah. And I'm really glad we finally made right on on our on my mistake from the past oh, of yeah, losing your dude. episode. No, man. Happy to, you know, this is cool. Like I said, you know, huge inspiration through the years, man. This is, uh, it's cool to be on here. I think it's cool. <laughs> you know, I think, you know. It's what, cool like, to have you. Like I was saying, I, you know, anyone who's out there, shout out to my other buddies who are on here. Uh you know, his and hers. And then whenever Wish goes on here, definitely check that one out. And then uh, Josh Optical, whatever <laughs> yeah. he's calling himself now. But, um, yeah, Josh Shelton, loved that one too. Thought that was cool. Yeah. So go check those out too. Well, Mason Vi, uh, you've been killing the game. Keep killing the yeah, game. Yeah, appreciate it, man. And uh, we're, we're happy to watch it. So Red House. Keep it going. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, I guess that's it. Thank okay. you again. There we go.